Thanks for tuning into Velocity Church Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Really excited about this series that we're going to begin. And I mean this wholeheartedly that what I'm going to talk to you about today and over the next four weeks, I really believe out of everything I've preached in the past, and out of everything that I could preach about in the future, this might be one of the single greatest things that you could ever apply to your life. And I'm not, I'm not being facetious about that. I, I know it sounds like I'm overhyping it, and I do that a lot, but I really mean it. It's not even a joke, but I mean, I really mean it. I'm not saying that there's, I might preach better sermons. I might preach more creatively. I might even say something that's more meaningful to you. But what we're going to talk about today, if you will learn it, it's one of the greatest spiritual truths, one of the greatest spiritual disciplines that you can learn. And before I get into the message today, I really have to set it up with this story. Uh, Some of you might know, my wife and I were traveling last week. We went to the Dominican Republic where uh, I was preaching at a church that we partnered with there, and I was working with 14 different pastors and church planners, helping them in their churches uh, visiting our care point, working on some stuff with our care point, some great things that are going to be happening with that. you got to come to Visioneering to find out more about that and uh, at least find out first. And uh, I was working with all of the staff of the care points. There's six different care points in the Dominican Republic. I was working with all of them, doing some training, which, by the way, I just have to say, um, th- first of all, thank you for sponsoring kids. So many of you sponsor kids there. And what you need to know is that the kids love you. They, they love you. They, the very first question every single one of them asks is, when is my sponsor coming to visit? They, they think about you every day. You are very much a part of their life. Their families are grateful for you. What you're doing is making a difference. And it is, if you sponsor a kid, you need to right now, you, you need to make it a point to put on the calendar taking a trip there in the next two years. You might not have the money right now, you might not know, but if you plan it next two years, you have to see what's happening because it's so incredible to see what's happening in the community and just, um, I mean, you guys are changing a nation in another part of the world. It's, it's awesome. But I, I got to tell you the story. So we were, t- we were um, going to the Dominican Republic. We were on an airplane, as you do when you travel to the Dominican Republic. And, uh, you know, there's two kinds of people on airplanes. You might not know this, but I'll just tell you in case you don't know. Uh, there's the kind of people that don't want to talk to anybody, me. Then there's the kind of people that are just waiting to find out who is going to sit next to them because they are so excited to get to know this new strange friend person. Strangers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the kind of, I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, I, usually what I do, I put my AirPods in. Pull up my computer, good work, watch a movie, something like that. And I, I got to say this because obviously not everybody knows this, but um, when somebody has their AirPods in, that means don't talk to me, okay? Now, now like if I'm at the gym, you see, like, listen, I love you. I, I want to know the details. Like, I want to hear everything that is happening in your life. I really do. Just not right now, all right? I, I don't want to talk to you right, right now. And um, so I had my AirPods in, but this guy I was sitting next to, this guy, he was the other type of person, all right? He was just waiting to talk to me. And, uh, and it was like, hey, um, 
Oh, hey, would you open up the window? Oh, would you shut the window? Hey, what do you think about that turbulence? That's crazy. You know, just like all kind of stuff. So, so finally, I, I took my air. I'm like, I, all right, I'm going to have to talk to this person. And I just got to say, like, okay, the reason I, I don't want to talk to anybody when I'm on the plane is because inevitably what's going to happen is they're going to ask me this question, what do you do for a living? And then I have to tell them that I'm a pastor. Now, I am not embarrassed about being a pastor. I love being a pastor. It, it, nothing brings me more joy. I just don't want to be your pastor in this moment right now. Because what happens is, is that they will say, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. Like, oh, I have a bit. This is so interesting because I have a lot of questions about God. And for the next hour, two hours, I, I'm your theological encyclopedia. Truth is, what I want to do is I want to vo- watch a violent movie and not have you judge me for it <laughs> while you're sitting next to me. That's what I was trying to do, actually, but it wasn't working. So I'm like, okay, God, I'll, I'll, let, let, let's have this conversation. So I started talking to this guy, and uh, his, his name's Lenny, and he, he starts, he's like, oh, your pastor is crazy. Like, I've had a lot of questions about God. Oh, you don't say. He starts talking to me about all the stuff in his life, and questions he has, and I'm doing my best to answer his questions and listen, but also ask him some questions of my own to give him some things to consider. And uh, in the course of conversation, I mean, the reason he had questions is because he was not a Christ follower. He's not a believer. He's got questions about God, things, doubts, things that he doesn't understand. And through the course of the conversation, I asked him, I said, I said, Lenny, tell me, like, did you grow up in a Christian home? Um, did you believe in God at one time? Like, tell me your faith story. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I grew up in church. My dad is a deacon in the church. I went to church every week, never missed a week, sometimes three times a week. That's, that's how I, I went to church. I said, what, what happened? He said, well, I would pray, be excited about things of God. I would pray, and I'd never see anything happen. I'd ask God to show up, move in my life, nothing happened. I would pray for God to speak to me, pray for God to help me with a decision. I wouldn't hear anything. And so I just figured that if God is real, he clearly doesn't care about me. That's why I'm doing this series. I'm doing this series for all the Lennies out there. Now, what you gotta understand is this happened last week while I was on a plane. I had this series planned out for over a year. Months ago, six months ago, three months ago, I don't remember. Planned on starting this series this week. And last week, I had a conversation with Lenny about how to hear from God and why it's so hard. I mean, you know that's just coincidence, right? God had nothing to do with that. (laughs) But you know God has a middle name, which is coincidence. And lots of times what you think is coincidence is really God setting up the pieces. So I, I got Lenny's number. I gave him my information. I told him to listen to this message because I was going to answer his questions. So Lenny, if you're watching, this message is for you. And I think God's going to help you with it too. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into his word. First Samuel chapter three, verse one, it says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, 
the messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli said, go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli, said, here I am, did you call me? He's like, I didn't call you. I'm trying to sleep, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he'd never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? Now, I don't know what the situation was like. I'm trying to picture it in my mind, but when I read this, I'm thinking of my kids that like I've put them to bed and they are coming into my room like five times being like, oh, I'm thirsty. Uh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I thought you called me. No, all right, I, I didn't just, just go to sleep. So I don't know what Samuel's like. I'm thinking, I'm like, look, I have tucked you in. I have given you water. I'm about to give you melatonin if you do not get in your bed. But Eli didn't do that. It says, then Eli, he realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Samuel's just a boy at this time, 12, 13 years old. And he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want to use that last part of this verse to preach to you today. I'm calling this message out of service. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. It's always my custom to pray before we get into the preaching of God's word. I want to ask that you would pray with me, and then we'll open up our hearts, see what God will say to us today. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that every time we open up your word with a heart, a mind, and ears to receive, you do speak. So God, we say right now, speak, we're listening. You know the things we're facing, only you can take one message and personalize it and individualize it to each person here, so I ask that you would do that, God. Thank you for it. And everybody who agrees with that can say in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have you ever missed a call? Anybody ever missed an important phone call? Important phone call, I should specify. Um, I have. I don't know what that would be for you. I was thinking of the different kind of phone calls that we might miss. Like maybe you had a job interview and you were waiting to hear back and you're like waiting by the phone. They're supposed to call this day, but you step outside to answer the door or something like that and you missed the call in that moment. So frustrated. Maybe you went on a date with somebody and you're waiting for that boy to call you back and you were here and you were still waiting for that boy <laughs> to call you back. It's not going to happen. Um, can I just say, like, if that's you, uh, man, if you go on a date with something, like, don't just ghost the person afterwards, all right? Like, you can do better than that. Like, I'm not saying you got to be an item, but I'm just saying, you know, like, you don't have to ghost them. There's better ways to do it, so I've been told. And, um, <laughs> and uh, maybe what it is for you is that you have a loved one who's overseas, or you're just separated by distance, by miles, and uh, you're waiting to hear some important news from them, and you missed the call. In my own life, 
uh, one of the times that sticks out in my mind was, was early on when we were married. Uh, during, uh, right before we had kids, I was, one of my jobs early on, I was a salesman, and I'd be on the road a lot and literally driving. And, and part of the uh, places where I would go, I would be down these country roads. And at this point in our life, we were pregnant with our firstborn, Reese, and uh, he hadn't, hadn't come yet, but he, he could come any moment. And we had got a cell phone. Uh, it's not my first cell phone. My first cell phone was the little Nokia one with the snake game on it. You guys remember that? It was awesome. Um, but this was the, the Razor phone that I had because it was all about the Razor back in the day and uh, nothing but the best. So, so I had the Razor phone, and, um, but I would be driving down these country roads where I'm out of service, and my wife could go into labor at any moment and I don't want to miss that call. So I'm always like keeping this phone by me and like checking, you know, do I have signal? Because I didn't want to be out of service when the call came. And whether you've missed an important phone call or maybe you're just waiting for that call to come and it hasn't come yet, I think that feeling of missing your opportunity or never getting the opportunity is what it's like for most of us trying to hear from God. I don't know about you, do you ever just feel like some people are more spiritual than you? I, this is what, I don't mean they love God more than you. I don't mean they believe more than you. I just mean when they talk about their relationship with God, it seems like they've got God's number saved under their favorites. And it's just like all the time. And they're like, yeah, God told me this the other day and it's something really awesome and intimate. And there's a part of you, like when they say that, you're thinking, okay, first of all, I don't know if you're crazy or, or, or there's another party though. It's like, man, I kind of wish, kind of wish I could have that. And maybe it, it, you're wondering, like, is it even possible to have that? But yet you've had moments where, in a worship song, it doesn't even have to be a worship song, just a song. There's something in that song that just it hits you. Or you're reading a scripture. And that scripture just seems to apply to exactly what you're going through. Or, or there, there's a sermon, and it's almost, it's almost like that sermon is reading your mail. And it, it feels like it's a meaningful moment. And it, for a moment, it feels like God could be speaking to you. But then that moment passes, that moment's gone, and it just leaves you wanting more. That's why I'm doing this series for anybody who's ever struggled to hear from God. And the reason I feel qualified to preach this series is because I've struggled to hear from God. In fact, sometimes I still struggle to hear from God. Usually it's whenever I sit down to write my sermon, I am struggling to hear from God. Open up my computer, I'm like, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Just give me the words. Struggle to hear from God. But here's the thing. If God is, in fact, speaking to his people, then the greatest thing, most important thing that we could ever do is to learn to listen. That's why I chose this text. Now, I love this story. I love the book of 1 Samuel. It's, one, like, it's a great book if you 
never read it. Um, I'm familiar with the story. It's always stuck out to me. And the part that's always stuck out to me in Scripture is how it starts out. It says, in those days, verse, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, in those days, words or messages from the Lord were rare. And maybe that's how you feel. Not that God can't speak to you, just that it doesn't happen very often. Not that God can't speak, but it's infrequent. And as much as that's how I've always related to this passage, something different jumped out at me during this read-through. It was actually the part that came right before that. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Stuck out to me. Samuel was serving God by serving Eli. The reason that jumped out to me is because this is God's purpose and plan for your life. God wants you to serve him by serving others. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to wonder about it. It's not a mystery. Now, what you do, how that takes shape, all that could be different. But God's purpose and God's plan for your life is to serve him by serving others. And I thought it was interesting that in this passage that is going to shed a lot of light on how we hear from God, it sets up the passage by telling us exactly what Samuel was doing. Samuel was serving God by serving Eli. And this isn't part of my notes, but I feel like somebody needs to know this, is that God speaks to you out of service. Now, there are two things you need to take with that. One is that there is no place you can be, no place you can go that God's voice cannot reach you. You you cannot be so far removed that the voice of God can't meet you where you're at. God speaks to you out of service. But if you're a Christian, maybe you're struggling to hear from God. Can I tell you, God speaks to you out of service. God speaks to you when you begin to serve the purpose in the place that he's put you. God speaks to you out of service. That's what's happening here. I thought it was interesting. That's how it sets up the story. But the truth is, I got to back up even further than that, because that's not even the first word. The very first word in this verse is the word meanwhile. Context clues. This tells you that we are jumping into the middle of a story. There is some other stuff happening here, and we got to find out about it. Because see, 1 Samuel, it's a pivotal book. Literally, it is a pivotal book, not just significant, but transitional. It's pivotal because it marks and narrates the transition of how God governed his people one time through judges, but now they're going to transition to being ruled by a king. Now, a little bit of context you need to know about this is that this wasn't God's plan, it wasn't God's best, but the religious system of the day was broken down. The, the people, uh, the, even though they were practicing to a degree the laws and the practices that Moses had put in place, the system was not working. People turned their back on God and they wanted to be like the other nations. All the other nations had a king that, that they could see. We're serve a God that we can't see and he's the leader. No, we want a king like everybody else. Now, that's not really the pertinent part of the discussion or the sermon except that I want to point out to you what is important is the system was not serving the people that it was supposed to serve. People were coming to the tabernacle to worship God. 
People were coming, offering sacrifices. They were following the laws of Moses. But the people who were supposed to represent God, they were not serving the people. They were not serving the purpose they were called to serve. They were serving themselves. They had made the whole ordeal about me. And you will know that your faith is fruitless when it has become all about you. Can I tell you, God loves you, he cares about you, he wants to meet your needs, he wants you to grow, he wants to develop you, he wants you to be free, but if you come to this church thinking about me, what I can get out of it, you will always be frustrated. You will always be miserable because this church is not designed to serve your needs. Now, here's the thing. I believe that this church will meet your needs, 100%. And I believe that if you get involved in the mission of this church, not only will it meet your needs, it will fulfill your dreams that are in your heart. But if you're just trying to get your needs met, what's my preference, what's my opinion, what's important to me, you will always be frustrated because this church is not designed around you. It's not designed around your needs. It's designed to reach the people that aren't here yet. It's designed to serve the people that we're called to serve. So when it says, meanwhile, the people who were supposed to represent God, they were all about themselves. Samuel had been dedicated to the service of the Lord before he was even born. I won't go into the whole story, but just a little side note. His mom, Hannah, could not have children. She prayed to God. God answered her prayer. So she dedicated Samuel before he was even born to the service of the Lord. That stands in stark contrast to Eli's sons. Eli's not Samuel's dad. stands in contrast to his sons who were supposed to be in the position of serving the people, but instead they were serving themselves. They were confused about what it meant to honor God and started prioritizing their preferences and their opinions, and they started doing all this crazy stuff, and you can read about it. And Eli knew what was happening, but he didn't do anything about it, and this is the context that the story is set in when it says, meanwhile. Now, I gotta hurry up because I've got like six minutes left, (laughs) and I'm on the first word of the first verse. So let me just say this. Maybe if we, before we get into how we can hear God's voice and know his voice, maybe it'd be worth asking ourselves the question, have I made my relationship with God all about me? Because it's going to be really hard to hear him if you have. Let's just call it like it is. Conversation is hard. Don't believe me? Get married. You will find out. Conversation is hard. My wife and I have been married 16 years in our 17th. She's laughing because of the last service. I said 17. But anyways. Hey, we had a trip. We were celebrating our anniversary. That's, I thought we celebrated, so anyway. But we've been married 16 years. Praise God, where we are now is not where we started. We communicate a lot better. But you know what? I've had to learn some things about how to communicate with her. It's not that she's a bad communicator. It's not that I'm bad at listening. I've just had to learn how to listen to her. For instance, if she says, I'm fine, 
it could mean that she's fine, that everything is okay. But depending on the tone of her voice when she says she's fine, it could mean everything is not fine, that everything has gone horribly wrong, and that I need to retrace my steps and find out what I've done so that I can repent. <laughs> it's not that she's bad at communication. It's not that I'm bad at listening. She's, look, she is not high maintenance. She is easy, but here's the thing. She thinks differently than I do. She's had different experiences than I've had. And so she expresses herself differently than I do. And we've had to learn how each other communicates, and I've had to unlearn some things. Think, think about it this way. I'll, uh, I'll put it this way. When it comes to hearing from God, what I'm trying to say is if our preference, are we starting, we're starting out from the premise that it's all about me, where our conversation is one-sided, you're gonna be frustrated. Because there's two big mistakes that we make when it comes to talking about God. The first one is this, that it's all about me. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. That's our favorite prayer. All about things that I want, things that I need, what's going on in my life. There's another side though, you can still be one-sided, where it is all about God, and all about theology and all about his will, and all about his wants, never taking into consideration the fact that we are real people with real needs, wants, desires, all this kind of stuff. And if your conversation is one-sided, can I tell you, that's not a conversation. It's called a monologue. So if we start from that premise, we're always gonna be frustrated, and both views are immature. What I want you to know is God wants to have a conversation with you but it's hard to hear him if your conversation is one-dimensional, if your conversation is one-sided. If it is all about you, all about what you want, all about your preferences, you're gonna have a hard time hearing him. So that's why it says, meanwhile, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. That's what I want to tell you. Even though it was rare, even though it was uncommon, just because God's quiet doesn't mean he's quit. And that's what I want to point out to you in this passage, is that just because you don't recognize God's voice doesn't mean he's not speaking to you. It says that messages from God were rare, but in nine verses, God speaks to Samuel three times. That doesn't sound rare. Just because you don't recognize God's voice doesn't mean he's not speaking to you. And what I'm trying to point out to you is that God is not the problem when it comes to hearing him. We are. We put all the burden on God to speak to us. God speak. And yet, we're sitting on the plane with our AirPods in. Don't speak. Don't talk to me. If you want to hear from God, can I tell you, God's not the problem. It's you. I told you, Marissa doesn't think like I think. She doesn't speak like I speak. That's a blessing. That's a good thing. The truth is, God doesn't think like you think or speak like you speak either. 
And if I want to hear him, I'm the one that has to change, not him. Think about it this way. When our kids were learning to communicate, Marissa and I didn't learn how to communicate with them. We taught them how to communicate with us. Even though we might be able to understand what they were saying, dad, 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 which was their first word, by the way. <laughs> Just because I can understand them, I'm not trying to learn how to speak to them. I'm trying to teach them how to speak to me. I might come down and be like, oh, yeah, that's mama. Yeah, I'm dad, dad, because I love them. But the goal is to teach them how to communicate with us. And God wants to do the same thing with you. Sometimes he'll say things in a way that you can understand because he loves you, but he wants you to learn to speak and think like him. In fact, what you see in scripture over and over again is that Jesus would speak clearly to his disciples and they wouldn't understand him. He would tell them point blank, this is what I'm telling you. They're like, oh, what do you mean? That's hard to understand. Or they might understand later. And the truth is they had some stuff that they had to lose they had some agendas they had to lose, some attitudes they had to lose, some theology, some philosophy. I've called this series Learning to Listen, but you know what? Maybe I should have called it Unlearning to Listen because there's a lot of stuff we have learned that we need to unlearn that is standing in the way of our growth. It is standing in the way of our maturity. It is standing in the way of our purpose. It is standing in the way of hearing from God. We've got some faulty frameworks. Look at the disciples. They did not need more access to scripture. They needed to change their attitude towards scripture. They needed to unlearn some of the broken interpretations that they had about scripture. They had to unlearn some philosophies about what they thought were important. All of this stuff stood in the way of seeing what Jesus was saying to them. And I gotta stop here because some of you might be thinking, okay, I get it, the problem's me. The problem is always me. I always mess everything up. Can I tell you, there is no shame or condemnation here. There is nothing wrong with recognizing that you need to grow. There is nothing wrong with recognizing that you need to mature. You know, Marissa and I, 16 years, 17, or sorry, 17th year in marriage, it doesn't mean that where we're at now isn't where we started. We've had to learn to grow. Even with our kids, my four-year-old Pippa, I don't expect her to know how to conjugate all of her verbs. I don't expect that of my 13-year-old. I don't even expect that of my wife, right? <laughs> like, it just, you have to have this mindset, I'm gonna grow where I'm at. I'm gonna learn where I'm at. That's one side, but the other side is this. You might be hearing the story, be like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, I'm kind of angry because you're talking about hearing from God. Well, I could hear from God if God spoke to me like he spoke to Samuel. I could hear from God if he would speak out loud to me so I could hear it with my ears. Well, can I tell you, it doesn't say God spoke out loud to Samuel. You read that in the text. It says the word of the Lord came to Samuel, called out to Samuel. He heard it. It doesn't say it was from heaven out loud. Eli didn't hear it. But I would challenge you, even if God did speak out loud to you, I don't think that would make a difference. I'll show you. Because see, there was this one time where Jesus had worked a lot of miracles and the crowds were thronging about him and he knew his time was drawing to a close. And so he begins to speak about his death and the stuff that has to happen. And what he's telling them is really hard for them to hear. It's not easy to receive. So he says this to them, 
And then he says in John 12, verse 28, so Father, bring glory to your name. Then suddenly a booming voice was heard from the sky. I have glorified my name and I will glorify it through you again. The audible voice of God startled the crowd standing nearby. Look at this next part. Some thought it was only thunder. God spoke from heaven. It scared the people who heard it. And they thought, do you hear that thunder? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. We miss God's voice because it doesn't sound like what we think it should sound like. We think it's going to be clear, but get this. Sometimes we miss God's voice because it sounds familiar. That's what you see with Samuel. God called out to him three times, and each time he didn't recognize it because he thought it was Eli. I wonder how many times God has spoken to you and you thought it was just your wife. You thought it was just your husband. I wonder how many times God has spoken to you and you thought that was just your kid. I wonder how many times God has spoken to you and you thought it was just you. God couldn't be telling me to give him the offering. That's just me. God couldn't be telling me to go to growth track. That's just me. You know what? You're right. God would never tell you to be involved in the thing that he bled, died, and gave his life for, that the thing he calls his bride for the thing he calls his body. You're right. God would never tell you to be involved in something like that. That's just you. And this is why we miss the voice of God. Because we think it's going to sound a certain way. We miss it because it's familiar. But God didn't sound strange to Samuel. God sounded like Eli. And that's why we miss the voice of God. We think, it's just a thought. It's just me. Now, I realize it might disappoint you a little bit to know that God's voice is going to sound really familiar when you hear it. I remember this story I heard a long time ago. It's um, really not even part of my notes, but I thought it was helpful, so I share it. There's, there's this actor a long time ago. His name is Charlton Heston. I say a long time ago. It might be a heartthrob for you. I don't know, but... Um, Charlton Heston, he played Moses in this movie called The Ten Commands. Old movie, old movie for me, okay. But it's classic, it's a classic, classic movie. What you might not know is that Charlton Heston didn't just play Moses. He also played the voice of God. Now, it's not in the credits of the movie, but he later talked about how he was the voice of God, and he talks about how he requested, demanded of the director that he play God's voice. They had somebody else to do it, but he says, no, I want to do it. The reason why is he said, because that's how God sounds to me. When I hear God, he sounds like my voice. Now, it's not scripture, but I remember hearing that as a kid, just thinking, wow, that's profound, is that when God talks to me, 
is going to sound like me. It's going to sound like my voice. And when God talks to you, it's going to sound like you. But it's not just you. It's not just a thought. It's a God-breathed thought. It's a God-inspired thought. And when God talks to you, it's going to sound like your spouse. But it's not just your spouse. It's God using your spouse to say something to you, and you can't put your finger on it, but you know there's something about that that, uh, that's right. When God speaks to you, it's going to sound like a sermon. Maybe even this sermon. But it's not just a sermon. Because you're going to catch me in the lobby, and you're going to say, wow, Pastor Justin, that was the most amazing sermon I've ever heard in my life. That's how I imagine it in my head. And Man, when you said this, and you're going to say something to me, except I didn't say that, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And we miss God's voice because it sounds familiar. This is why you need Christian community. Because it wasn't just the fact that God called out to Samuel. He confirmed it through Eli. Eli, Samuel didn't recognize the voice of God. Eli confirmed it. That's why you need to be connected to the church. God doesn't speak to you in isolation. He speaks to you through Christian community. Now, I'm not saying he can't speak to you privately and personally. He can and he will. But what I'm saying is there is no such thing as a Christian Lone Ranger. What God speaks to you will be confirmed in community. That's why, man, if you ever say, oh, I don't need the church, I'm good, I got my thing with God, that's not God. I'm sorry. It's like saying, I don't need my body. I don't need it. No, can I be real clear with you? You need to be connected to the local church. It doesn't have to be this church, but you need to be connected to a church. You need accountability in your life. Can I say it more clear? You need leadership in your life. I do. You do. You, you need... <laughs> Submission to authority in your life, taking one step further, you need that. And what's funny, God confirmed his word through Eli. Eli wasn't even a good leader. He wasn't perfect, but yet he was the authority in Samuel's life. Because Samuel didn't know God yet. And that's the difference between the rituals of religion and a relationship with God. He was close to the presence of God, but didn't know the person. Close to the presence, not familiar with the person. This past week, I was, um, I was in a car with somebody. They were listening to some old, well, just some worship songs, and one of the songs was, was older. They're like, oh, man, I love this song. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, I know the guy who wrote that. I knew him before the song blew up and... He became big. He used to be a worship leader at a church. I know that guy. We were talking a little bit about that. and It's not like he's a famous guy, but I knew this guy. And then the next song came on. It's like, well, do you know this person? And I knew what he meant. He didn't mean like, do I know this guy personally? He meant, do you know this song? Are you familiar with him? And that's the difference between knowing God publicly and knowing God personally. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm not saying you don't love God. You don't believe in God. But God wants you to know him personally. He wants you to know his voice. Do you know him? This is how I want to close.
tell you this. The question isn't, will God speak to you? The question is, will you respond to him? It's not a question if God's going to speak. It's not a question of if God's going to speak to you. He will speak to you, but will you respond to him? I got a text message this week. This is what the text message said. It said, hey, this is John. I dropped some stuff by your place. I wanted to make sure you got it. That's all it said. I didn't recognize the number. It didn't come up in my phone as any number that I had. And um, God, like, I get, man, 100 text messages a day, easy. And I'm thinking, it's the wrong number. I don't really know who this is. And like, do I even really want to respond to it? Because, you know, it's probably like, you know, spam something. But the only way to find out who it is, is I had to respond. I could live in wonder, or I could respond and find out. So I did what anybody would do. New phone, who dis? And uh, I didn't do that. I just, I said, I said, John, question mark, John, question mark. The only way to find out who it was, was I had to respond. And when God gives you an instruction, let me say this, this is why you have to come back next week, because I'm going to help you learn how to decipher if it's from God or not. But God will speak to you. The question is, will you respond to him? Because the only way to find out when God gives you an instruction is to respond. When God speaks to you, I don't know, is this God? I'm not sure. The only way to know, you have to respond. Let me finish up this passage. It says, so Samuel went and he laid down in his room. He had confirmation from the authority God had put in his life. He acted on it. It says, then the Lord came and stood there. Now, I have no idea what that means. I don't know if God was always there. It sounds like God showed up in front. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know if you can tell, but it says, the Lord came and stood there. Here's what I do know. God's voice is closer to you than you realize. Yeah. So the Lord came, stood there, and then he called, as he had called the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak. I'm listening. He responded. I'm going to ask you to respond today. I believe God is speaking to every person here. Could be something big, could be something small. But I believe he's speaking to you right now. Will you respond? Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do so by going to findvelocity.org give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.